together, but let me read from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 to 6. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was not, yet he was despised and he was esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequity. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, you are the reason we are here this morning. We thank you for the truth of scripture. But Lord, we come in awe and wonder today with a heart of reverence, with a heart of responsibility. Lord, we recognize that you were pierced for our transgressions. You were crushed for our inequity. But Father, we are grateful too that it is by your wounds that we are healed. By your wounds this morning that we can have a heart full of praise, full of wonder, and full of adoration. So Spirit, we invite you in this place to meet with us, to challenge us, to help us to relive, reconsider, and remember the sacrifice and the cost that you paid for each and every one of us. Lord Jesus, have your way amongst us this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far away from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I fight, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried out and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. 
From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you had been my God. Do not be far away from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Basham, encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is turned to wax, it is melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people in the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he is not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my wills. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Further generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. This reading is taken from Matthew, chapter 27, verses 27 to 56. Then Pilate's soldiers took Jesus into the governor's palace, and the whole company gathered round him. They stripped off his clothes and put a scarlet robe on him. Then they made a crown out of thorny branches and placed it on his head and put a stick in his right hand. Then they knelt before him and mocked him. Long live the king of the Jews, they said. They spat on him and took the stick and hit him over the head. When they had finished mocking him, they took the robe off 
and put his own clothes back on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine mixed with a bitter substance, but after tasting it, he would not drink it. They crucified him and then divided his clothes among them by throwing dice. After that, they sat there and watched him. Above his head, they put the written notice of the accusation against him. This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Then they crucified two bandits with Jesus, one on his right and the other on his left. People passing by shook their heads and hurled insults at Jesus. You were going to tear down the temple and build it up again in three days. Save yourself if you are God's son. Come on down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders jeered at him. He saved others, but he cannot save himself. Isn't he the king of Israel? If he comes down off the cross now, we will believe in him. He trusts in God and claims to be God's son. Well then, let us see if God wants to save him now. Even the bandits who had been crucified with him insulted him in the same way. At noon, the whole country was covered with darkness, which lasted for three hours. At about three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why did you abandon me? Some of the people standing there heard him and said, he's calling for Elijah. One of them ran up at once, took a sponge soaked in cheap wine, put it on the end of a stick and tried to make him drink it. But the others said, wait, let us see if Elijah is coming to save him. Jesus again gave a loud cry and breathed his last. Then the curtain hanging in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split apart, the graves broke open, and many of God's people who had died were raised to life. They left the graves, and after Jesus rose from death, they went into the holy city where many people saw them. When the army officer and the soldiers with him who were watching Jesus saw the earthquake and everything else that had happened, they were terrified and said, he really was the son of God. There were many people there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee and helped him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the wife of Zebedee. The sounds from that day are still ringing in my ear. Well, to be honest, not even ringing, piercing through. Each sound individually was enough, but collectively put together, they orchestrated the darkest day I have ever witnessed. It started with mocking. 
He was marched in by the governor's soldiers as they all gathered around him. You can picture it as they sniggered at him, stared at him, and pointed at him. And then you could hear it, the ripping, rip, rip, as they stripped him of his clothes and forced a scarlet robe on him. Others were twisting thorns as the wood snapped and creaked and was beckoned into place. Here was the sound of mockery again as they created a crown of thorns and forced him to wear and clobbered it on his head. Someone else thought it was a good idea to give him a staff and then the mockery started again. Hail the king of Jews, they shouted. Come on, if you're a king, here's a crown to wear. Look at the blood piercing down his forehead. Others started to sneer. The sounds were pounding louder and louder as their spit touched his body and reached the ground. Yet Jesus stood there and remained silent. Their force grew louder and louder as they struck him again and again and again on the head. Next, the sounds of planning murmured in the background. Take him to Golgotha, the place of the skull, someone shouted. And hey, look, that guy, Simon, he can carry the cross. Jesus was offered a drink mixed with gall that tasted as bad as it sounds. He spat it out in return. Then was the sound, the sound of nails piercing through, first his left hand, then his right hand, then his legs deep into the wood. Tap, tap, tap. Where do you look when something like that happens at his face to see the pain to see the anguish that he was in i mean just hearing his gulps his cries his moans were enough instead i looked around to see the others but not all his faithful fellow disciples were there some had abandoned him by this point but mary madeline was there mary the mother of james was there Hearing their pain hurt as well. The uncontrollable, gut belly wrenching cry of why and stop and no, tumbling out of their voices. But most of the noise was cheering, cheering mixed with sobbing. Did the crowd not realize who he was? Some were dividing up his clothes and others casting lot, making a game. And others clearly had the job that day of just standing and watching, making sure that a scene wasn't made. Someone was chiseling away at the sign, etching the words, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Someone else, that was his job to put the sign above his head. It was like the mockery looked down on him. And still, Jesus remained silent. Some other onlookers simply walked past, 
And they hurled even more insults at him. I don't even think they knew who he was. Others shook their heads from side to side. One jeered, you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, so come on then, save yourself. They asked him why he wasn't coming down from the cross because then they would believe him. But if that wasn't enough, then the mockery started from the chief priests, from the teachers of the law, the one who knew the Bible, the scriptures, and then the elders joined in the mockery. They started pointing out that he'd saved others on multiple occasions, but he can't save himself. Come down from the cross, they shouted. Where is your God to rescue you now? After all, you said you were the son of God. But Jesus wasn't the only one being insulted that day. There hung two criminals beside him. Now, I wasn't close enough to hear exactly what was said, but one seemed repentant and the other seemed indignant. It looked to me from afar like Jesus was consoling him, telling him that he wasn't alone, that they would be together in paradise. How I long today to hear Jesus' words of comfort once more. Some of his last words were forgiveness. Forgiveness born out of pain, ringing out of anguish to a crowd that were mocking him. He shared words of love, but voices of mockery, of hate, of pain echoed back in return. But the sound and the phrase that I can't dispel, when I open my eyes, I can see it. When I close them, I can hear his voice pounding in my ears. And as he said it, you could kind of see his spirit flee, his body give up, his will flee from him. As he declared, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabbathani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was the sound of abandonment that I hold on to. It was the sound of silence, darkness, decay. I can't even explain it to you. I don't think it was a lapse of faith or a broken relationship but it sounded like a cry of disorientation. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you wonder where on earth you are, it was almost as if God's protective presence was being withdrawn from him. He was saying, my God, my God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? I still don't know. Was it God withdrawing? Or was it the enemy closing in? But shortly after this, he made his final noise. A full surrendering of his spirit. And I thought that day it would be the last noise that I would hear. 
It was finished. He was no longer with us. He had finally passed. But the ground I was standing on started to shake. Well, actually, quake. Not just like a rumble and a grumble. It was an earth-shakering, ground-breaking noise that we could hear all around us. Some rocks over there, they split just yards from where I was. It was like the earth was groaning in response. The earth was replying to the creator as he called out that cry of abandonment. My God, my God, where are you? And it was that noise that did it for some, I think. It was the earth's response. It was the ground that shook. I heard the soldier whose job it was to just stand and watch the whole day that I saw, he saw it too. And he whispered to those around him, I think that was the Son of God. What did you hear that day? What did you see that I missed? Why do you look so at peace? Because what I'm feeling now was nothing like the torment that he must have felt, the anguish that he was in, the pain that he endured. But I was there. This happened. It was so very real. It sounded real. And the loss I'm feeling is real. This wasn't the end that he talked about. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken us now?
Shall we pray together? Loving God, today in remembrance and awe, we tread the holy ground of Calvary. The very place of abandonment has become today our scene of adoration. This place of suffering that has become the source of our peace this place of violence that has become the battlefield on which this love is victorious. Merciful God, as we relive the events of this day, it is with awe that we count again the cost of our salvation. Words cannot be found to utter the thanksgiving that we have, Lord Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made for every one of us. Accept our adoration, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. It's like this. There are days when it looks like all hope is lost. There are days when our helplessness overwhelms us. There are days when we wonder how we will ever get through. There are days where the weight of our frailty seems too heavy to bear. There are days. But this is the day when we realize that we are not alone. This is the day where somebody else understands what isolation and betrayal looks like. This is the day that in love and solidarity he descended to the depths. This is the day a saviour willingly carried that weight and that frailty. This is the day, and that is why this day is good. Good Friday. It was not good for the tree whose only guilt was to grow tall, to grow strong, to grow straight. It was not good for the soldier whose duty was already stained red and now whose heart was black. 
It was not good for the women who stood at his feet and felt the breath as it left him for the last time. It was not good for the crowd whose voices were hoarse from cheering and crying with passion. It was not good for the man who was much more than just a man today, every day to some. It was not good to the father who wanted to reach out and catch him when he fell limp. But for me, it was all good. It was nothing but good for me.